you're familiar with the TV show Longmire, you might already have heard the name of Zorka. It's, it's pronounced a little weird. You would expect it to be said Absaroka, but it's actually Absorka, and the actual word is in the crow tongue and means children of the long-beaked bird. But in the Longmire TV world, it's the name of the fictional county in Wyoming the sheriff works for. Absorka County is said to be the same place as the Johnson County in our world. The town of Durant, Wyoming is based on Buffalo, and every year Buffalo holds Longmire Days to celebrate the books by Craig Johnson and the TV series. That's actually how I got to meet Katie Sackhoff, who also co-starred in Longmire, but as a Battlestar Galactica fan, it was twice as exciting. So back on Absorka, though. Today, we are not talking about Longmire or the TV show, just the name Absorka. Today, we're going to talk about the time that parts of Montana, South Dakota, and Wyoming were ready to split off and form their own state with blackjack and hookers. Not, not really. So <laughs> to set the scene, let's take a look at what the country was like in the 1930s. But first, let's have a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by the Prairie Dog Town at Devil's Tower. They didn't pay us or anything. I just think they're really cute. Uh, remember, do not feed the Prairie Dogs when you go visit this summer, and be sure to carry everything you brought in all the way out. Oh, oh Wyoming, tell me what is it to be free? Is it your wild, wild women Just being who they want to be Is it your cold, wild windows Sweeping me clean Is it your bedrock, Wyoming wisdom Your sweet starlit dreams Is it your Wyoming whiskey With water from a mountain stream Oh, oh, Wyoming It's what you mean to me so we're back and we're talking about 1930s Wyoming again for like the third time this week. Sorry, I didn't mean for that to happen. So obviously this was the time of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. It's also the period in time which most social programs and government plans to keep the general population from ruin and bankruptcy came about. If you remember our first episode on Nellie Taylor Ross and the wave of progressivism in the southern part of Wyoming, then you can kind of start to see why the ranchers were worried about the New Deal when FDR first rolled it out. So the New Deal was one of the largest government undertakings in history. It's the most... I mean, in most basic terms, it's a conglomeration of a bunch of different public works programs designed to stimulate the economy after the Great Depression, and the Dust Bowl ravaged America's working class. So, like, the whole idea was to get as many people back to work as possible using public works programs and infrastructure as a means to that end. However, that sounds awfully expensive to the ranchers who are already salty about paying taxes and seeing no improvements to their own way of life. There are a lot of other reasons why the New Deal was the final straw on the back of Absorca's succession, but this was the main crux of the issue. Ironically, it was the New Deal program that even led to Absorca being remembered in the general consciousness because the government was paying out-of-work writers to write about their communities and the Absorca craze hit shortly after the checks went out. Literally, the whole reason we have any 
record of Absorca is because one writer was taking money from this government program to write about Absorca. So, one of the things about that region that I don't think will ever change is that it's it's very headstrong. It's there everyone's willful and independent. My own town would have been in Absorca, and it makes sense to me because all of the ranchers in the region are very vocal. And when you're driving in this area, you'll see dozens of signs proclaiming the positives of eating beef. Some of them are spray-painted on bales of hay, and some of them are made out of welded iron and sitting on the corner of some rancher's acreage. My own small hometown of Wright would have been part of Absorca, the proposed state, though my town wasn't founded until 1984. Before that, it was just a junction in the middle of nowhere, named Reno. And in the 1930s, though, many homesteaders and ranchers lived in the area, and the local Thunder Basin National Grasslands had just been declared unfarmable by the Dust Bowl. So now it sits as 500,000 acres of public land that leases parts of it to local landowners and some to fossil fuel companies. It's actually on public land that a lot of the strip mines are out here. They lease the land. So to the north of us in Gillette, there was a desire for a new state that kind of reared its head a little bit in recent years. It was a short-lived movement recently that tried to make the state of Campbell as the 51st state to secede from the state of Wyoming. And I mean like the 51st state, period, they would be seceding from Wyoming, not the 51st of... You, you get it, okay. <laughs> it wasn't a serious attempt. It was kind of more of a stunt to show the value of the energy capital of the world. Gillette is one of the hubs of fossil fuel extraction, so it makes sense to send a message that way. Moving to the east in Wyoming would be the proposed capital of Absorca, Sheridan, Wyoming. It's nestled next to the Bighorns. Both Sheridan and its close neighbor, Buffalo, were part of the Johnson County Cattle War. But that's going to be a story for another time. Sheridan's proud heritage includes rodeo, indigenous roots, and a populace that embraces its Wild West history. Many towns in Wyoming have that wild reputation to fall back on, but Sheridan and Buffalo have the Buffalo Bill Wild West Show credentials to back it up. With the region's feelings towards the New Deal and the control of the federal government exerting on local state governments seeming to be kind of an overstep, there was a man named A.R. Strickward. He was the street commissioner of Sheridan, and he appointed himself governor and started hearing grievances in the capital of Sheridan. You see, that was the capital of his proposed state of Absorca. So for at least a year, there were people that were actually pretty excited. They called themselves Absorcans. They were excited by the prospect of separating themselves from the people they saw as too progressive to the South. They reveled in the idea of being independent, again, like their ancestors in the Johnson County Cattle War, who asserted their control over the region. So what happened? Why did it fail? Why aren't we calling Sheridan the capital of Zorka, of Absorca today? Well, there are photos of a Miss Absorca from a fun festival atmosphere during the movement. Absorca license plates were made, but never officially issued. And the whole movement just kind of petered out as the progressive programs began benefiting the area close to home. In Cody, the Buffalo Bill Dam was built. Devil's Tower National Monument was fortified and given the necessary infrastructure to take visitors. Tourism joined ranching in the Wild West as another juggernaut in the local economy. Mm. 
remember, this is the 1930s, so this was around the time when the middle class was first beginning to emerge in the United States. So the idea of vacations by car was becoming a huge drive of the small towns along the various highways crossing the flyover states, as planes slowly started to replace trains as the fastest form of transportation. So it makes sense how such an undertaking could fizzle out when more projects started to be close to home. It's worth mentioning that just a year after the Absorca fad faded, one of the third largest cities in the state would be set up seemingly overnight between Powell and Cody, the Heart Mountain Internment Camp. Now that's a story for another time, but the gist is that a lot of new and scary things were happening, so the choice to stick with one state became a point of pride. Even today, this idea of Absorca remains a fun fact in history. No one really talks about the possibility of an Absorcan state, but the attitude is still very much the same. Headstrong ranchers and independent energy workers. The whole region just bleeds with a pride in their work that it's really hard not to admire. So why doesn't anyone remember Celebrity Deathmatch? I have some pretty vivid memories of my dad teaching me how to pirate things back in the early aughts. FBI, please don't come after me for this saying that. <laughs> the internet was still a little bit wild. It was like the Wild West of its own. I went through the episodes like candy, excited when I found another torrent to get my hands on a new episode. I believe by that time they'd already stopped airing Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV or Comedy Central. I, I can't remember. It doesn't really matter, because the show was genius. It masterfully worked dark humor together with pop culture references, and I think we should bring that back. Stop motion is so much easier, the tech has caught back up, maybe we could see the Jenners versus the Kardashians, or whatever the kids are into these days. I just think the parody and the comedy, it's the important part, I miss that. Okay, don't forget, it is cool to like liking things, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts please rate and review on apple podcasts we do a special bonus episode for every 25 reviews special thanks to producer and chaos curator chris yow chaos composer wes hogg and belting beauty Bergen burke check the episode description for their music if you liked what you heard here and albany county public library especially the really nice librarian that wiped my debt clean so i could feel better about going to the library again like, just thanks, man. For real. Also, a special thanks to Craig Johnson for his work on making the Absorca name a household one. Join us next week as we tackle the longest-running license plate emblem in the world, the Bucking Horse and Rider, colloquially known as Steamboat to locals. Do you want to find out why it's called Steamboat? Well, tune in next week.